Well, Mike, we watched a main roster WWE show for the first time in about eight to nine months. And I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would be very happy to go another eight or nine months without being subjected to that again. I could go like 10 or 12. One dollar? This has been more coming up on the Miss Fox Podcast. <laughs> Tried to make it a Price is Right thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I knew what you were doing. I'm still asking what the fuck it was. Uh, I'm just going to leave that. Um, okay. Uh, so, Royal Rumble. This, we we talked about last week. <laughs> you, you talked about it like, you just talked about the Royal Rumble like you were disappointed in it and it was your child. <laughs> so, Royal Rumble, we need to talk. Uh, you weren't. You it learned from watching me. me. You. <laughs> wow, what a fucking show, and what a slog to get through. Uh, full disclosure: uh, my partner here on the Misspots podcast and I are still socially distancing. We did not. We watched this together, but on a uh, a Zoom call or uh, Skype, whatever we use. I can never remember anymore. And we spent a good amount of time just talking and kind of having the show on in the background, which, by the way, was great because no commentary. Yes. <laughs> oh, this would have been terrible had we had to listen to the commentary. But this was, we had a great time. We were talking. Uh, our, our wives were on the call. We're having a few drinks. We're catching up. This was still a slog. Yeah. This was a long, long goddamn show. For real, man. Like, if, and I even watched the pre show. And uh, so it was, it felt like one in the morning by the time this was all said and done. And for those in different time zones, it probably was one in the morning by the time that you were done watching it. But I digress. I, the, Roman and Kevin Owens match seemed like it went on forever. Looking at the time now, it was a 25-minute match, but it seemed like it was 40 minutes uh, with how slow well, it was. It was a match that had... It, there was, it was a match that had seven places where they could have log logically ended it. I, I don't understand what this obsession is with... Uh, these uh, gimmick spots that have to be near falls. There is this, they, they hit people with everything. They, 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 they might as well go out and murder and shoot someone in the head point blank range. And it's a near fall just to be choked out or to lose to someone's finish. 
they could it's the old triple h go on there with the sledgehammer brain someone in the head with a freaking sledgehammer no they'll kick out of that but a pedigree no way no way jose shot out uh, that they're gonna get out of that one and man the the uh, person getting shot yeah, in the head it, it pro- would probably get a you still got it chant <laughs> Uh, the, by the way, I believe that's an, that is an angle on Impact Wrestling right now. Someone did actually get shot, so we probably shouldn't joke too much about. Was that. it Kenny Omega? The I I don't think so. I think I I don't know who it was, but apparently Tommy Dreamer was investigating. Anyway, listen, there's a good. That's really good that we don't talk about that show. I, I take I'll take one thing away from this. Kevin Owens is about the same level as he was when we last left him. KO was a really really good heel. He could have been a great baby face in that everyman kind of role. They cut the legs out from under under him when they gave him the stunner and the finish and tried to bring him back as a baby face. And he seems to be exactly where we left him. He's Really not all that over, really not all that interesting, and kind of bland in his role. Roman Reigns looked great. I mean, if there's one thing that I think I've been missing on this show that I would have enjoyed is some of the stuff he was doing with the Usos and the stuff he's doing with Heyman and him as a heel. It seems to be good stuff. This match didn't get me all up in a flutter, but his persona as a heel, he just works so much better. He's smarmy. He's an asshole. He's a guy I want to boo. And that came through the screen, even in a match that I wasn't all that invested in. Yeah. Uh, I I completely agree with everything that you said there. It is, it, it's sad to me to see Kevin Owens still practically in the same role as he was when we left him. Because this is a dude who has all the all of the the talent and just the the writers have no confidence in him or upper management doesn't to where they just can't see the reason to pull the trigger on him he's just like this perpetual always ran uh, in the upper mid card to main event well, it, it, angles like this are not going to help things out very much. Th- this was fine. It was over, overdrawn, overdone, as we said. And listen, it was the opposite of the other title match, which was Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg, which was hilarious because we picked matches on this show last week. And when Goldberg came out, I literally said to you, Goldberg's on the show? <laughs> what, what's happening? And you said, we picked this match. What are you talking about? That is the disinterest level I have in Bill fucking Goldberg in 2021 wrestling on a show that I'm watching. And it is just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. We saw that all through the Women's Royal Rumble, all through the Men's Royal Rumble. This company... I'm glad that Vince McMahon is getting his money from the Peacock right now because there's no one to bring back in 20 years and 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 excite the crowd because no one excites the crowd right now. And the fact that you have to bring Bill Goldberg back to do this crappy match with Drew McIntyre, who wears a kilt now. <laughs> and has cool. a sword. Uh, 
Yeah, and a sword because you need that. <laughs> the only uh, prop more impractical <laughs> than than Triple H's sledgehammer is Drew McIntyre with a claymore. <laughs> I, I can't wait till he turns heel and starts stabbing people with it. You know we're gonna get that in a cinematic style, but it was. Uh, there are those who really liked some of the stuff that happened with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar a couple years back. Looking back on it, maybe I liked parts of it, but I don't remember it fondly. I don't remember anything Bill Goldberg's done and anything he's done in this company since he's come back in any kind of positive light. And this did not change my opinion one iota. Today I learned that a Claymore is a sword. <laughs> oh, you didn't now, know that? I thought I thought it was uh like a <laughs> uh an explosive device. The there's a claymore there's a mine. Oh, okay. Mine, yeah. So okay, so I wasn't I wasn't wrong. Uh there's it can be, just uh, It can be two things, Mike. Okay. And you played a lot of Metal Gear Solid when uh when you were when you were a Ute. And you got Claymore as a mine. That's cool, man. We got you. Call of Duty. I'm on the same wavelength here. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about Metal Gear Solid. It's fine. Looking, looking up uh, the, the sword thing, being that it is a Scottish thing, like it, it absolutely makes sense to me now. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're now together. a history I'm, I'm podcast about weapons. I'm glad that I can bring weapons. you clarity. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I can bring you some clarity. I mean, other than the Royal Rumble matches, what else happened on this show that is worth talking about at all? I mean, you had Booker T and uh, Bad you Bunny, had, uh, Carmella. Oh, let's <laughs> never talk about that. Uh, we had Carmella is in, in a new gimmick now or something, and she's got like a hype person with her, and that's a thing. I I, I had no interest in that. Do you know what Bad Bunny is? Because I don't. Is this like a popular thing with the kids? I don't know if it's a popular thing with the kids, but he is a musician of some sort. I have a, I have a question for you. I have I'm not going to have an you answer. Have, uh, no, you got you. You and I both have a friend who is in a band. Yes, they're called the Zoo Peculiar. Free plug. If they perform and ask Booker T and ask Booker T very nicely, will he just come and stand on the stage stoically while they perform a song? Is that what Booker T does? Is it like his own like cameo? Do you just pay him a thousand dollars and he comes and stands on the stage while you sing? <laughs> pretty pretty that, much it is, is like the, cameo, is the, yeah. <laughs> is that what's hot in the streets right now? Is that what, what we're doing? I guess. Because he came out and he just stood there. Why? Why? Mike, why? D dressed as GI bro at that. Yeah, why? Just did I miss something? We probably did. And and you know Okay, well you didn't listen to the This is something I'm okay with having missed. <laughs> we're, we're comfortable with not being in the know on this one. Yeah. Um are you looking at the results? What else happened in this show? The Sasha Carmella thing, uh, there there were only five matches on the main card because you had each uh, Royal Rumble pretty much being an hour. Um, so we had the two champ, the three 
the one women's championship match, the two men's uh, universal and world title match, and what were the other three match? The two matches, the Royal Rumbles. Oh, th- those were the five yeah. matches. There, there oh, was Jesus. the pre-show match oh with uh, Nia and Shayna beating Asuka and Charlotte. Um, oh God, so glad I didn't watch that. It did it. It it was the result that I I picked, but it was not for the reason that I picked. I thought Asuka and Charlotte were going to have some uh, issues between themselves. I did not know going into this pay per view that Charlotte has issues with Lacey Evans because Lacey's in a relationship with Rick, uh, which is <laughs> weird. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not about how we got there, but that we got there. So I got the win on that prediction, but yeah. I, I There are so many things that happen and that I read about, and I just, I'm so happy that I don't watch this. It, it's so, it makes my day better knowing that Ric Flair is in a love angle with Lacey Evans, and I don't have to see it. And uh, so whole... let's talk about the women's Royal Rumble. Okay. Okay. No, you have you have more. Please. I, no. I just wanted go. to say go real down quick. this rabbit hole. The during that tag match, Ric Flair gave Lacey something to knock Charlotte out with a woman's right. It was made to look like he passed her like brass knucks or something. I they showed the replay a couple times. I don't think anything was actually passed. Like it, you think he just like fake just, handed it was him something? A, it handed looked something? like an invisible handoff of of something. <laughs> Lacey just there was nothing around her knuckles when she punched Charlotte, and then she <laughs> hid, went to hide it in her her top. I'm like, I did not see any. Like they're either the best sleight of hand people in the history of the world, which. I'm sure they're not, or they completely passed nothing. Maybe Jacques Rougeau gave her a, a roll of quarters. Uh, you know, we don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch any of that. But the, the women's Royal Rumble, my God, uh, the amount of people they dusted off for this one. And the amount of women they brought back that I didn't even really know or care about because I did have a lapsed time as a fan where I was not watching. So I don't know who Jillian Hall is. And I'm kind of glad I didn't fine. because she looked terrible. Yeah. Yeah, she was. She looked awful. Uh, I mean, there was the Victoria coming back. Victoria was a hell of a worker and, and one of the, uh, during her time, one of the few really good workers <laughs> in the company. In uh, in some dark periods where everything was bra and panties matches, but there are a lot of talented women on the SmackDown, Raw, and NXT roster, and this Royal Rumble trying to get thirty women together that all seem credible. Five, maybe five that I looked at and said, I, I believe them as a winner of this, or I believe them as a main eventer, or I want to be, I, I want to see them in a storyline. It, it was, it exposed this company and this division big well, time to me. You know, when we were watching this, you, you mentioned the same thing 
looking back at the results, there were only four not uh, like not full timers in this match. And that was Jillian, Victoria, Alicia Fox, and Tori Wilson. Everyone else were. I also consider. I also consider Mickey James, because Mickey James might have been recently on the show, but she hasn't been featured in a long time, and it's kind of a kind of holdover from that time, and more of a nostalgia pop. According to this, she is a she member of the Raw roster. I'm not. I'm not denying that, but I mean, I well, at least when we were watching, she was not nearly. She was kind of phased out and not really being featured very much. I consider freaking Natalia to be in that that category, even though she's on the main roster and has been around for a long period of time. I consider Tamina to be. I mean, there's just so many people on this roster that are not serious competitors. And I've never been booked as such. So that's kind of where my, my head was at. But no, I, I, I'll admit I was wrong. There was four legacy superstars that came back. None of them did anything and we were not better for it. Yeah. And at the, at the end of the whole thing, we had Bianca Belair coming out the winner. And, uh, we're like, I think while we were watching this, we were like, it's, it's not a bad choice, but it's not, wasn't our choice as we were both pretty solidly, uh, rooting for Rhea Ripley at this point. Uh, pretty much the moment that she stepped into the ring, we were rooting for Rhea Ripley. And, you know, watching this, no, go ahead, Mike. No, you, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. I was just saying, watching this, I, I got excited watching this. I said, "Oh, Charlotte Flair!" I've missed watching Charlotte work. We've we <laughs> eight months ago, nine months ago, when we were talking about the main roster, we always talked about the fact that Charlotte cut some of the worst promos ever, and was so hot and cold in the way that she was presented, but when in the ring was a great performer and someone that I, I enjoyed watching seeing Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. I was, I'm missing this. I want to see these two people perform. I want to see these two people wrestle. I like Bianca Belair. I do, but Rhea Ripley is a huge star and just such a refreshing. I was a huge proponent of Becky Lynch and I wanted to see the rise of Becky Lynch. I wanted to see her, dethrone ronda rousey wasn't a big fan of ronda rousey i look at rhea ripley as the next evolution of that and i really want to see rhea ripley just dominate that division i want to see her hold a championship for two years i want to see that and i feel like she's the right one to do it she could be a flag bearer for this company and the fact that NXT has not pushed her as a as their champion for a long time, and now she doesn't win the Royal Rumble. I, I just think it's a missed opportunity. Not anything against Bianca Belair. I think she's very talented. She's an excellent athlete and deserves a spot, no doubt. But not having Rhea Ripley do that, 
I, th- I think is a missed opportunity. Yeah, I I can completely get what you mean and would agree. Uh, but I... And overall, just kind of a crappy match. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... We, ha- we a, had a, a 24-7 championship match break out during the middle of it. <laughs> the fact that that thing is still happening is just embarrassing. And... You know, there used to be a contingent of people who thought this was like the most entertaining thing on the show. They talked about it with reverence on a, online. No one's defending this anymore. When we, for, I think it was Mick Foley introduced this, we said, wow, this is going to last a week. The fact that it's lasted this long is embarrassing. I mean, I would have, I would have given this the same uh, chance of succeeding as Raw Underground. Pretty sure we know where that went. And I, the fact that it's still going on just shows a, a will to do something that could be better spent on anything else. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Men's Royal Rumble. Because I have one big gripe about this whole thing. Bring it and on. And that is the fact that I, I haven't done any statistics here but i feel like now more so than ever winners come from the first two entries a lot (laughs) it's pretty much what happens yes yeah so it's no like you can no longer talk about the odds being stacked against a person who comes in number one or number two or number three for that matter because fucking Bianca Belair was number three uh, in this match, and she won. And it's just becoming this sad trope that uh, the it, it was impressive when Ric Flair was won at number three, and then Shawn Michaels won at was it one or two? Um. When he it was one, it was two, I think. But I mean, one, one and two are the same yeah, thing. Pretty <laughs> so much. So it doesn't yes. really matter. But yes. And then like Chris Benoit did it, and uh, Ray, Ray Mysterio, Mysterio did, did it, it from two. He? Vince McMahon did it from two. Uh, we we've had this happen many many times, and it's just you know move it around. Like, yeah, you got to have some people who are the workhorses of the match who are going to be in there for a long time. And you know what? I, I will give Edge all the credit in the world. Like, dude was in there for over an hour while Randy slept for for probably uh, 45 to 50 minutes of it. But But this is the thing, Mike. You don't. You don't have to have someone in there for 45, 50, 60 minutes. That's true. Because this should be a Royal Rumble. Anything can happen. Have those people get eliminated right away. Have no one in there for more than 10 minutes at a time. It is so short-sighted the way that wrestling is booked. Because, you know, we use the term hot shotting and, you know, they talked about it there in the Monday Night Wars and they put pay-per-view main events on free TV. Nothing is planned out. Nothing is looked at for the future. This year, Edge's real run at the top of the company came when I was not watching WWE. 
I so I do not have a real strong bond with Edge. It doesn't I, I don't get a huge nostalgia pop to see him back. He cuts a great promo. He does better and is more fired up than 99.9% of every single person on Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. I respect all that. But I don't want to see guys like him come back and win the Royal Rumble. If you're going to put him in this spot because you feel like you have to, because you have nobody else to push, because Damian Priest isn't ready and Seth Rollins is mediocre at this point, and you have no stars. Basically, you have no stars. So you got to have you know, Edge come back and win it. You don't have to have him go the distance. Set that up. Wait three years and have someone go the distance in 2025 and make it special again. It doesn't make any sense to do that as well. You don't need it. Don't lean on a trope that is supposed to get somebody over who's the only over guy that showed up because he's a legacy... Uh, you know, legend. You don't need it. Someone has to put their hand up in the meeting and go, too much. No point. It's not going to get anybody else over. It's not going to help anybody. So let's hold that back from when it will get somebody over again. It's the whole idea of not doing a hell in a cell every single year. It's the whole idea of, of not having everyone do a dive over the top rope. Let somebody be special. Don't give us everything for every single match. And then when we actually let the, the floodgates open, it'll be special and unique again and someone will get over. Uh, yeah, that, that was a big problem for me. There was a lot. I mean, there was Hurricane and Kane and uh, all these people in the match who I just didn't care about, didn't do anything for me. Uh, the Randy Orton thing that you mentioned about going out and being in the trainer's room. I am so sick of this. I'm sick of... Uh, what's uh, what's the name of the guy that is AJ Styles heavy? His his heater, his bodyguard. Omos, Omos, like he eliminated two or three people, people. from the outside. Yeah. yeah. No. No. How? If you are telling me that you can have your friends come down and throw other people over the top rope. You're a moron if you're in a tag team and you don't have your what your second person do it. If you're telling me that you can just roll out to the outside and feign an injury and be on the outside for 40 minutes during a match and you don't do it, then everyone's an idiot. And we see this every year. We saw this with Roman Reigns a couple of years ago where he was injured and out for a period of time. We see it every time someone takes a powder to the outside and lays on the outside for however long and secretly and stealthily comes back when we forgot that they were still in. Another trope. They use it every year so it's not special. Everyone knew that Randy Orton was coming back and no one gave a flying fuck. It's a stupid idea. It's lazy as shit. And if there's no rules in a match like this and you're in a faction, the uh, is retribution still a thing? I feel like yeah. um, uh, Ali came in. If they still got like five people in the faction, I don't know, maybe it's two at this point, they should have dominated the Royal Rumble because they should have just hit the ring and they should have just, as a team, thrown everyone over the top rope. It would have all counted. It would have all counted. And Ali wins the Rumble. 
when there's no rules, nothing makes any goddamn sense, and there's no point to watch this show. God, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate it so much. Yeah, I I hear you there. So let's uh let's let's move away from this pay per view. Um, well, let's let's do that. And let's talk better for everybody. Let's talk about some NXT that we watched. Tag team match heavy. So, Mike, I have to admit something to you. Did you not watch the show? Oh, no, I watched it. But every time I got bored and didn't like what I was seeing, I flipped over to AEW. Oh, okay. I decided I was going to... I went rogue. I went rogue. Because there's so many things I watched, and I said, I don't care about this. And I went over to AEW, and I watched a little bit of AEW. Mostly said, I don't care about this, and flipped back to NXT. It was not successful but i was trying to make myself more entertained but yes this was a tag team match heavy show all about the dusty roads classic tournaments and i believe you like casey catanzaro and the other person more than i do what did you think about the first match on nxt i i thought that it was a good match for the most part. Um, two things that I, I specifically recall is I don't ever remember that structure right by the announce table that Casey Catanzaro jumped off of on the outside uh, for her little spot out there. And uh, also... She needs to never do that top rope move ever again because I felt like she almost decapitated uh, Raquel Gonzalez trying to do it. And my wife goes... Oh, her finish? Yeah. And then my wife goes, when when Raquel like powerbombed her, she's like, I feel like she put a little extra on that for almost hurting her. Her finish is the worst finish in professional wrestling right now. She does more flips and turns and twists than a human being should be allowed to do, lands on her feet, and then sits on someone's head. That's not a finishing maneuver. That's idiotic. She's four foot nothing. She can do a lot of acrobatic stuff, but I could give a shit less about her. And Raquel Gonzalez, uh, Dakota Kai, they've got some real talent and ability. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez has tons of potential. This was a this was a match that, I mean, honestly, sorry, should have been a squash. <laughs> They're not in their Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are not in the same league as their opponents during this match. And this is another thing that I, I always say: we had a main event tag match that had some equally pitted teams it would have come off better if we hadn't had a bunch of super competitive 10,000 near fall matches leading up to it it just would have been better we would have told better stories if that would have been the match that we get invested in and don't know who's going to win that's just my personal opinion it wouldn't allow anyone to chat nxt but it would be better for the show and for the people on the show 
and how they're going to get over and how they're going to move up the card and how we're going to perceive them as competitors. But I like to chant letters. <laughs> um, uh, what were the other? Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, let, oh, I'll, I'll I'll give you something. Uh, at one point, a movie broke out about a thousand-year-old <laughs> human being that talked to dragons and somehow is connected with this uh, mystical power. What? What is wrong with your brains? The people who came up with this, take them to seek help. This is not how you book wrestling. This is about as idiotic as it can be. It is embarrassing to watch this. My my wife was sitting next to me as this happened, and she goes, well, that was different, and that had some really good production values. And I said, it sure did, if it wasn't a wrestling show. <laughs> if you were trying to tell a story for the new Matrix movie, it would have been boss. But you're not. I'm supposed to believe this woman is a thousand years old and spoke to a dragon. Cool. Uh, I, I loved uh, Beth's reaction to it. She goes, am I meant to believe that that person is over a thousand years old? Uh, I was like, I sure hope that wasn't her line because it makes it better that she just fully reacted to it. I don't know if you've noticed how much JR on on Dynamite doesn't give a shit anymore. Because he just does it. He constantly calls out the bullshit and the nonsense of what's happening in the ring. I would kill to hear JR, his snap comment to seeing that little vignette. I, I mean, I, 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 would, I would love, love to hear that. Not that equally ridiculous stuff doesn't happen on Dynamite. It does. And he often goes, I guess we don't give a shit about this anymore. Uh, yeah, that was that was just that was bug nutty, man. That was insane. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> um, also insane. What else you got? Is that uh, apparently Michael Bay wrestles in NXT? <laughs> At least his spoon-chested son. Uh, he's a person. Am I supposed to know who this is? Am I supposed to know who this is? When I first saw the graphic for it at the beginning of the show, it was like Escobar versus Kurt Stallion. I'm like, wait, did they rename Tyler Rust already? And I'm like, <laughs> I I had to Google Kurt Stallion. I'm like, oh, it isn't it isn't Tyler Rust. It is someone else. And I it it took you to uh, texting me. Uh, about uh, Michael Bay. I'm like, oh shit, he does look like Michael Bay. If anyone knows. Uh, he has the same hair. Yeah. It was amazing. I, I mean, everyone has Google. They can, they can look at this. Yes. Yeah, this, this, was, this was crazy to me for multiple reasons. And, and listen, there was, there was a tag match with Legado del Fantasma with Lucha House Party earlier before this match, I just changed the channel. I went over to watch parts of the wedding 
of Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. It was exactly what you thought it would be. It was 20 minutes that should have been five. And I'm being nice. It was winking at the audience as hard as you can. Oh, look, that present is really large. I bet it's a person. And go beat up the present. It was doing everything you could to try to be cool and hip and being none of it. It was terrible. So then I flipped back. This is what I did for most of the show as I went over going, well, maybe this will be better. Oh, no, Sting's cutting a promo. He's not good at that. (laughs) So I'm going to go back to NXT uh, because Sting is not good at that. He isn't. No. No. (laughs) No. I I think back to the fact that his... his, his catchphrase for a while was, it's showtime, folks. He did that in the early 2000s and thought it was okay. And they continue to give him a live mic. I know he's Sting. Sting is very good. But there's a reason why his best run ever, he didn't talk. Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway. Uh, that match with... Uh, with uh, the t- the cruiserweight championship match, which you pointed out to me, he's still like the interim cruiserweight champion, and not the yeah. real cruiserweight champion. The in- most insane part of this is why is the former NXT champion, who still has a legitimate claim to the belt that he never lost, fucking around with the cruiserweight heel champion. In what world does this make sense? Are they picking names out of a hat? Well, we're going to have this guy feud with this guy. That's the cameraman. Who cares? It'll make sense when we put it on television. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got nothing. Because it doesn't make... What? Santos Escobar. He's got a good look. He can wrestle. He hasn't done anything all that interesting since I've been watching, but I can see him being an interesting character. Why would Karrion Cross want to have anything to do with this person? Karrion Cross was the champion of this company, has a entrance that is way overdone in my opinion, but is like a he's a big time performer. He's a heel. And now he's fucking around with Santos Escobar? To what end? Who does this make look good? Karrion Cross looks like a dope for fucking around with the Cruiserweight Champion. Santos Escobar isn't going to be has a stock race. Was Santos Escobar going to go up to the main roster and win the Royal Rumble next year? No. Who wins in this? No one. And then later on, when Karrion Cross actually talks to Edge, I went... Oh, I could get behind this. If you want to do Edge and Carry and Cross, that could work. Didn't just get rid of this whole fucking segment. Did you just have nothing else to do? Yeah. And you just said, hey, you guys are friends. You go out drinking sometimes. Go out and do some shit. Yeah, and, and, and but at the same time, we why did they do that? Because Edge... <laughs> 
Edge has to pick a, a world title that he wants to fight for. Karrion Cross doesn't have any of those things. Well, they did the whole thing with Finn Are they catching and AEW uh, disease? done earlier on. I, I don't know, man. Listen, the whole thing with Edge showing up was a little bit stupid because Edge is not going to fight Finn or Pete Dunn. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Spoiler. Yeah, it's not a promise. It's a spoiler, right? How dare you? Uh, it's just not going to happen. But if you had Edge go and lose his match at WrestleMania and come down and fight Karrion Cross, well, that could be pretty cool. You have a legend put over someone on NXT. They who actually is a potential main roster badass. Okay, I can dig that. Uh, it's it's just, it's just so scattershot. It's so insane. It it doesn't say there's no foresight into any of this, and it 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 shows. It shows in in the way the show play. Excuse me, plays out. By the way, I have to ask you, MSK. What does that stand for? Misk. <laughs> I don't know. MST3K. That's a different thing. I like that. This is not that. Also, don't give them microphones. They're oh, not good at it. They are so bad on that. Oh. They are not good at what... They are not good at that. Uh, well, there was a, a main event. The main event had some good wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who the heels and the baby faces were, but I guess it doesn't matter anymore because Cody Rhodes decided a few years ago it didn't. But uh, Timothy Sat Thatcher is he a baby face now? Did you did you figure this out yet? I am I am 95 percent sure that Undisputed Era and Champa are baby faces. So therefore, by association, Thatcher is... Because Ciampa and Thatcher's interactions during this match were that of guys on the same page. There was no little, like, yeah. quips of, uh, about them, like, not being, not getting along. They seemed absolutely like a fluid team. And with that in mind, I'm like, all right, Thatcher's a babyface now. Because Ciampa's a baby face. He was during the Thatcher feud. And Thatcher didn't turn him heel uh, through this. So Thatcher's a baby face. And I'm, I'm fairly certain Undisputed Era are as a, as a group. I mean, they, they turned they turn baby face when they started fighting yes. the punter. Oh, he's gone so... back to losing his name. Well, he hasn't shown up in a while. So he, you know... Fuck him. No, I, uh, I, it might be his fault. I, I heard that they haven't invited him back. Um, this was a great match with really, really good performers. I love Timothy Thatcher. Yeah. He, he makes everything look like a struggle. He, when he pulls someone, okay, when Chris Benoit did a German suplex, he, you snapped in a way that was so impressive that you would go, wow, I can't believe someone just did that. But you know that the person has to jump with him at the exact right time to make that move happen. When Thatcher does a German suplex, he deadlift weight, he lifts their dead weight and struggles to get them over. That's more impressive to me 
one move looks more impressive viscerally. The other one looks more like a struggle. And I like the struggle aspect of it. Everything Thatcher does looks like that. And that's why he stands out among the crowd. And I love to watch those matches and love to watch him work. Uh, that's why I, I've always loved uh, Pac's uh, German suplex. Is It's like a deadlift. Like, it's not a yeah. quick thing. It's It's a slow like struggle to get the guy over and it just it, it it's has more authority to me than just the the snap ones like the snap ones are kind of cool uh, as, uh from time to time but i i do like what you mean with those uh delayed plotting uh struggling german suplexes but it's just it's everything it, it's trying to grab a hold it's it's Everything about that guy just screams uh, like reality to me, and I enjoy watching it. And Champa, everyone in this match was great. Yeah, <laughs> Roderick Strong is freaking great. Adam Cole is really good. Uh, Tommaso Champa is great. Thatcher is great. They put on a really, really cool pro wrestling match. And if they did not do twenty-five minute back and forth. Everyone gets their shit in, 4,000 false finishes in 75% of all matches they present. This would have been really special and really great and could have been the main, the, the, the finals of the tournament that they're playing around yeah. with. Even though they do, don't do that and this was just another match, it was still really fun to watch. And I enjoyed it more than any young Bucks match I've ever seen in my goddamn life because it was a good pro wrestling match with people that actually knew how to sell. Uh, at the end of the day, you had the... I, I was surprised by uh, Undisputed Era not going over here. It's, it's interesting to see what they're going to do in the future. But I, I like Thatcher and Ciampa as a team. I like it. I, I do too. Um, when that the whole pit match happened, I don't think that this was exactly what I was thinking was going to come out of that uh, at all. But I'm kind of happy with this direction that they're going with thus far. Um, and they can keep it. I can't remember who we talked about this um, happening with. But keep them as a team for a little while before you break them up, like before they have that inevitable breakup and go back to feuding with one another. Like let it last a little while. Like let them win this this tournament, maybe even, and, yeah, I and agree. get a shot at the titles. Get a get a run with the titles, and then maybe about six months down the road start to show some kinks in the armor and some disagreements and have that eventually lead to a blow up. This all doesn't have to happen in a month. And I feel like that's, that's all too often. The issue is just getting hot feet for uh, pulling the trigger on, on stuff like this instead of allowing it to, to simmer over time. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we saw, was it Joe and Finn won the Dusty Classic maybe the, the first, first year, year. Yeah. they did it? And I think, listen, this is what this is for. It's it's not, 
it's a way to set up an angle. It's a way to set something up for the future. And that that's how you should be you should be looking and booking this long term and looking at what we're, what we're, what's coming up three months from now six months from now and i'm not i don't give a shit about the grizzled young veterans right but i like thatcher and champa a fucking lot so let me invest in it give me a chance to do so and if they do that NXT does a better job of long-term booking. They do a better job of some foresight. They seem to be doing their best AEW impression with Santos Escobar and Karrion Cross, but I'm hoping that's a blip on the radar. NXT is consistent. It's consistently boring. AEW is consistent, consistently fucking insane. Neither is really great to watch these days, but both of them could be better <laughs> if they if they applied some logic to their you know proceedings. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I did jump back and forth a couple times to Dynamite, and I watched uh, Adam Page and Matt Hardy uh, beat Chaos Project. <laughs> God, should they never be a thing again? I also saw Shaquille O'Neal challenge Cody Rhodes again in the most awkward and stupid, pathetic, embarrassing, awful way that I would never want anyone who loves me to know that I watched it kind of way. Uh, No, no, thank you. (laughs) Just no, thank you. Uh, mo- most of what I watched on AEW tonight, when I went back over, no, thank you would be the the way to describe it. Um, Orange I, Cassidy I came was, out of a cake. You knew that I, was going to happen. <laughs> you knew Orange Cassidy was coming out of a cake. You know, the second you saw a giant cake and Chuck Taylor was involved, you knew Orange Cassidy was coming out of that cake. And uh, I, James Mitchell presided over the uh, the wedding. The sinister minister. That guy can talk, yeah, man. Yeah, he can. That guy's a great, great, great promo. But the TNA vibes have basically infested AEW. It's like a, it's a, it is a cancer growing inside that company is the TNA vibes with Don Callis and the sinister minister. And, uh, from what I read here, also at the very end of the show, uh, Kenta, uh, came out and attacked John Moxley. So now they're getting, (laughs) they're getting, uh, new Japan involved because Kenta's fighting Moxley for his U S championship soon. Uh, so, and, and Kenta is an actual member, current member of the Bullet Club. So <laughs> I'm sure he probably has things to say, uh, towards, uh, Omega and the Good Brothers. I can imagine right now, Tony Khan is in the backstage just going, man, we are just fucking blowing people's minds. We've got all these companies that no one gives a shit about. 
so fucking blown up, man. We're fucking, we got New uh, New Japan, and we got Impact, and we got AEW, and we're all working together, and everyone's going to be so fucking freaked out about it. To be fair. No, thank you. To be fair. New Japan is, to be fair, uh, New Japan is still a huge company. And well, I'm not saying they're not a huge company, but in this in this country, they're not a huge company. No, they they they're a cult like following here. Yeah, but there's a cult like following for AEW. There's a cult like following for for Impact. At some point, care about your own show and get your own goddamn people over, and stop promoting the other people. I I like the fact that. I like the fact that back in the day, WWF worked with Paul Heyman in in, uh, in ECW. Yeah. Right? But at the end of the day, there, this, I hate this analogy because I think it's so pedestrian and everyone's made it, but this seems, this see, this, AEW seems like Tony Khan. When I was eight years old, I had my LJN wrestling figures and my LJN wrestling ring. And I would have Hulk Hogan. And I remember when Earthquake like crushed Hulk Hogan's chest and sternum. And I wrapped tape, scotch tape, around Hulk Hogan's chest to represent the bandages around his, his midsection. AEW just seems like Tony Khan playing with wrestling figurines in a basement. There's no logic to it. There's no reason. There's just, hey, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do this? And he does it. It doesn't further anything. It doesn't further a storyline. Remember when Matt Cardona showed up? Oh, shit. How did that play out? Do you remember when anything happened on that show that mattered because it doesn't it just doesn't so it seems like someone who has the ability to get man it would be so cool if we can get these three companies working together would it yeah it, it's like would he's it just looking really to cool? create these singular moments of like shock and awe just by bringing someone in or doing something like that Rather than worry about long-term storylines. You know, there's the classic stories of, like, the real invasion storylines of, like, the AWA and, like, Memphis. Someone's got to lose. No one wants their guy to lose. Yeah. So nothing really happens. You've got to own the company and bring in the outside force to be able to control the storyline. And uh, it only happened a couple times where people actually got behind it. Every other time they've tried to do some kind of invasion storyline, it's really sucked. They just go back to the well over and over and over again. I, I I was slipping back and forth between the main event at at Dynamite and NXT, and I stuck with NXT because I liked the guys in the ring and knew they were gonna they were going to deliver the yeah. goods over Death Triangle and John Moxley versus 
Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Yeah. I'm not chomping at the bit to care about Omega and Impact Wrestling. Just me. Mm, Not just you. Me too. (laughs) All right. So I I think that uh, that says enough for AEW that we didn't really watch. I didn't watch. You kind of watched. And uh, way to go, Kevin. Uh, (laughs) Way to take one for the team. I cheated. I I cheated. I just, I've come to the point where when I don't like what I'm watching, one of the reasons I switched over was because I was watching Johnny Gargano uh, come to the ring with creator wrestler number 34. And I said, oh, I'm not going to care about this. So I switched over and I said, oh, wait, I can do this. I have the ability. I have the power. So I did that for most of the, uh, the most of the show. Yeah. Wild card. Good job. Uh, anything, <laughs> anything else of note from uh, the world of wrestling that you want to bring up? No. I just want to. I think we've covered all of our bases. I just want to real quick say I know I texted you about this uh, during the week that I I read about how. Um, Dax Harwood uh, went to Tony Khan about the Jungle Boy match and like planned out the whole thing and was like, I, I want to do this match with Jungle Boy, help get him over. He's going to beat me clean and uh, it's going to be a way to get him over, make him look really good and not just beat him clean, but made him submit. Like, he's like, yeah, you're going to, he's going to make me submit. He's not going to get a roll up pin over me like that just shows that that dude understands i mean we knew that ftr understands the business and they know stuff like that but that just made him seem like good guy dax harwood to uh, like do what he thought was best to help get another person over uh and i didn't realize until reading it like that was his first fall that he had taken uh in aew so to uh tap out to uh, a younger guy in his first fall that he take he took uh, was is a very impressive thing and a very uh, just a dude who knows like this doesn't hurt me when it's done right and it makes the other person look great all in the same same uh, breath. I mean, listen, I, I have uh, if. If AEW understood what they had with FTR, they would have won those championships and held them for a year and beaten all challengers and eventually crowned someone, I mean, made a tag team forever with beating them because they're that good. And they don't. They don't know how to do that because they had to get their freaking tag champs, uh, t- tag titles on their executive vice presidents who look like middle school children because that's what one does. Uh, they don't know what they have with those guys. So if they're just going to be there to put other people over and make other people look good, then good for them for doing so because Jungle Boy has every bit of potential in the world and... 
it seems like the right thing to do. I just wish they would protect themselves a little bit better in that company because they could still be a force. Yeah, they they really could be. All right. Uh, I think that about wraps things up here for this episode. Thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. And uh, thanks for putting up with us complaining about the main roster. I, I, for some of you, it probably is uh, uh, fun to hear us complain about something we haven't done in a long time. They've missed it, Mike. They've missed yeah. it. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, uh, thank you, everyone. We'll see you again next week where we'll watch AEW uh, Dynamite and see where shit's going with that. Wait, that's not... No. Uh, I want to be sure to avoid Dynamite the week that the Cody Rhodes Shaq match happens. And I think that's March 3rd episode. So let's make sure we don't watch it that week. And you're going to say something? I was going to say, well, what will I watch next week? We don't know. I may go rogue again. Oh, fuck. This wild card thing is really going to come into play. Uh, (laughs) For Kevin, my name's Mike. See you next week. Good night. Good wrestling.